0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Golden Astrologer podcast. It is Sunday, the 24th of September in the year 2023. And I am Deb McBride, and we are here in beautiful Escazú, Costa Rica, where it is becoming sunset and it is a beautiful sky. And I'm here to tell you about the week ahead. And we are in Libra season. So, Libra season has arrived. And that means we are entering the last part of the year. And in the Northern Hemisphere, Libra season uh, started on Friday or Saturday, depending on where you are. Um, many, m- probably Saturday, many places experience Saturday. Like in Europe, it's Saturday. That, they, that was yesterday. They experienced Libra season because that's when the sun went into Libra. And it is the fall equinox in the northern hemisphere in the southern hemisphere it's the spring equinox and they are going to go into summer eventually but it is um in costa rica neither fall nor spring it is still rainy season it poured like crazy yesterday it rained this afternoon and here we are with the weather right and here's the weather now's the weather um this is the beginning of libra season so, it's always a cardinal sign on one of the cardinal points which relates to the seasons in the northern and southern hemisphere. And it's uh it's really an interesting dynamic because Libra season we think of as, you know, autumn in the northern hemisphere and then like I said spring in the southern hemisphere and this is this is the beginning of Turning into the darker portion of the year. Now, if you live in the northern hemisphere, as I used to, um, I'm sort of in the middle now. I, I don't think of myself northern, even though I'm north of the of the equator. I you know I'm northern, but it's not northern where I experience four seasons. But it gets darker now earlier up there and it starts to shift to longer nights and shorter days and of course if there's daylight savings time where you live then you experience the shorter day uh, even shorter <laughs> so and where i am it's sort of it's always equal it will it's relatively always the same give or take a half an hour maybe an hour where it is 12 hours of daylight and 12 hours of nighttime I'm very used to this by now. In the beginning, I wished, you know, the weather was warm. So I equated that with longer days from my Northern Hemisphere experience, but that's not the case here. And so I wished the days were longer, but no, it's fine. And I'm fine with it. I'm, I've adjusted. (laughs) Not that you care. Um, (laughs) um, It's good, Deb, you've adjusted. Um, But this is, this is when the we really see a significant shift in the daylight hours. And if you live way north, like in Scandinavia, well, then it's going to start really getting to be shorter days for you, very short days. So after very, very long days, there were so, um, but we are now in that part of the year. So Libra is the where the sun is, and it is the sign of peace and balance and serenity and all things beautiful and aesthetic, aesthetically pleasing. And as anyone who is a Libra will tell you, they don't like conflict. They don't want to be in conflict. They don't want to have an argument. They they really love peace. And as I will tell you, as an astrologer, Mars is in the sign of Libra, and Mars does not like peace. <laughs> it wants war. You know, any good Aries is going to want an argument every now and then, or at least some sort of outburst of energy. And the best use of that is obviously exercise (laughs) Um, and like challenging tasks and stuff, and and rather than arguing with people. And so when we experience, um, you know, Mars and Libra, where it's been for a number of weeks and is going to be for a little while longer, um, there's this imbalance. And Libra doesn't like imbalance. But in the sign of peace, Libra, we have the planet of war. And that's complicated for all of us because we're trying to resolve things amicably because Mars and Libra doesn't want an argument either, even though it's it, it, it essentially gets frustrated in Libra. And I spoke about this earlier this week on Instagram where I was talking about the opposition of Mars in Libra with Chiron in Aries because Chiron is in Mars a sign so there's the whole people-pleasing experience and I talked about this last week on the podcast here and you know oftentimes people who have Chiron in Aries, those of us who are turning 50 or have turned 50 or are approaching the age of 50, that's how long it takes for Chiron to come back around the zodiac again. And Chiron really, really, in, in the sign of Aries, it gives us this feeling of, well, maybe I shouldn't step on any toes or maybe I can't really be my sole individual self because I have to make nice with everyone else and that's not necessarily the Aries vibe. <laughs> and so Mars in in Libra opposite that it just it's more the same. It's Mars saying maybe I have to make nice with people. And I'm going to try my best to make nice with people, even in the face of anger and frustration. But I think that for Mars and Libra, it's a frustrating experience. Also, when we have Mars and Libra, and those of us who are born with Mars and Libra, and not everyone, not everyone does this, but I have seen it, where that Mars and Libra, and you know who you are, thinks that they're being balanced, but it's really in their favor. (laughs) Ah, and yeah, I can laugh about it. I don't have those signs. Um, I don't have any Libra. Um, I have Mars in my own sign. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's really a, a tough experience because they think they're being fair or maybe they, I, I don't know, maybe they know they're not being fair, but they think they're really being fair in their own in their own way for their their own selves and that's Mars Mars can't help it Mars can't help it and there are things that the you know this is a really good point there are things that people can't help you have to be super extra conscientious of your behavior and have high level consciousness to be able to get past that okay that's really not simple and it's like that story and I think I've told this story before and a lot of us know the legend of this it's where um the scorpion wants to cross the river or the lake and he talks to the frog and he says come on if you let me get on your back we can both get across the river really easily and the frog said absolutely not I'm not letting you get on my back and he says come on I really I, we we can do this together and you know Trust a scorpion. <laughs> the frog said no. And the scorpion said, Come on, I promise I won't sting you. And when they bantered back and forth for a bit, the frog finally agreed, probably a Libra. And <laughs> the scorpion, when they got halfway across the river, the scorpion stung the frog. And the frog said, What did you do that for? Now we're both going to drown. And the scorpion said, I can't help it. It's my nature. And I think that describes anything Marsy scorpionic, and a lot of times a lot of the other signs and planets as well. They can't help it. And it's something that we have to, like I said, super conscious. The scorpion promised, I'm not going to sting you. But it's in its very nature to be stinging. So it stings. It doesn't know anything else. You know, if you swat a bee it's going to probably sting you, unless you kill it when you swat it. But if you shoo it away, that's why they just, you know, you have to kind of let them be, let them be bees and um, not allow them to get, you know, get you annoyed. You just have to sort of accept them, maybe gently step away. Any sharp movements around those insects and animals gets them riled up and, you know, then they sting. So, um, and there are plenty of people who walk into beehives And they don't get stung, even without their equipment, you know. But it's the nature of the bee to sting. It's the nature of the scorpion to sting. And it's in the nature of Mars and Libra to look out for itself and its own interests rather than everything for everyone. You would think Mars would be more ambitious in making balance. Maybe in some cases that happens. But I think it's really hard for Mars and Libra. You know, as it is for Venus and Scorpio. So this is where we start to get into the time of year when these things can overlap one another. Even though Venus is still in Leo, and she shall be for a little while yet, you know, and that's the next topic. Venus is still in Leo, and she has not gotten to her shadow yet. She's not there. She's not going to be there just yet. And on Friday, she will square Uranus. And she's going, and that means we're close to her getting into the place where her shadow or near her shadow because right now she's at 19 and a half and when she gets near uranus which is um at 22 and a half then she's going to square you know, when she gets near that 22, she'll square Uranus as she did twice already. So there was before the retrograde, there was during the retrograde, and now this is after the retrograde. And that will happen on Friday at 1.53 p.m. Eastern time. Venus will square Uranus for the last time in this trio of aspects. And I said there was a story, and perhaps there was for you, about Venus and Uranus. And something about freedom and liberation and being close to your heart versus having some distance between yourself and others and really managing that in a good way. Now, there's probably some lesson that surfaced. Remember, Venus and Jupiter got together again for the last time, not so long ago. And now this Friday coming up on the 29th, we're going to have Venus and Uranus. And that's going to be that. They're going to be finished, and then Venus will move through the rest of Leo, and she is not going to just get into that Virgo yet. Um, She's going to come out of her shadow, and then, uh, remember, she has those, those last aspects. Remember that business we had when Venus was making the Yod? That's what she's going to do the first week of October, okay? She'll go into Virgo on the 8th. But she's going to make that Yod again, and that's for next week's podcast, where she makes a relationship, a needling aspect to Neptune and Pluto at the same time. And there's like a couple of days in between that, where she creates the Yod with those two um, planets, which are sextiling one another. So that's going to be interesting again. That'll be the last chapter of this Venus retrograde, because that's what she did first, and then she went retrograde, and she sort of sort of hovered in that, remember? And there were some very complicated relationship and emotional and financial things going on then. I remember feeling that very profoundly at the first passage, and then she hung around and did it the second time. She, I think she did not get to Pluto. She did Neptune, but she was very close to Pluto but did not make the relationship because she turned around before Pluto and now Pluto has moved back more so Venus will be sitting in that position managing both Neptune and Pluto but again we're going to talk about that more next week when we get to Sunday October 1st that's next week and this is the last week of September if you can believe it we will have three months left in this year. So, we're we're winding down and I was saying to my friends yesterday, like can you believe it? We're at the end of September. It was just just Chinese New Year and we were sitting in the garden celebrating Chinese New Year and I can't believe it. Um it just feels like that. It's just like 90 miles an hour. And if you are on my Instagram and you saw it on Monday or Actually, it was Wednesday. That's what it was. It was not Monday. It was Wednesday. I had to run into a shop to pass through it to get to another shop that had a cash machine because the one I usually go to was broken and being repaired. And I happened upon Christmas on Wednesday, the 20th of September, I walked into Christmas. I walked into Santa Claus was there and inflated. All the trees were up in a store here in Costa Rica. And it's like warm and I'm running around in shorts and it doesn't get cold anyway in December, but a little bit sometimes breezy. It gets very windy and breezy. It's very bright and breezy here in December. But there you go. There it was, it's Christmas already. I got slapped in the face with Christmas and I posted it. I took a picture and posted it. I'm not ready for this, okay? I was saying I'm not ready for this. This is just not, it's not, I can't even believe it. Anyway, you know, they don't do Halloween here. They do Halloween, right? But it's, it's not what it is in the U.S. It's not Halloween the way it is in the U.S. It, like Halloween is everywhere in the U.S., here? No, you're not going to see it. Um, there's no real, there's no trick or, there's maybe a tiny bit of trick or treating. People throw private parties for their kids and stuff or adults. Like we had some people that used to live here that threw parties and, um, and we were sometimes dressed in costumes and stuff. I think we have a friend here that's going to throw a party. Um, but they're not from here. I, everybody who's not from here, they throw a party. Um, so, Yes, it's the last week of September. And on the 29th, when we have that Venus-Uranus square, we also have a full moon at six degrees of Aries. And that's the, I would say, the big aspect of the week. Although the Venus-Uranus square is pretty darn big too. And it's happening at the same time as the full moon. You know, that's going to happen in the afternoon. The full moon is actually going to be, you know, Eastern time, 1.45 a.m. on Saturday the 30th. But I will, yeah, it'll be uh 11 p.m for me so right before midnight but it will be shining brightly in the sky in the sign of Aries and remember what I said a couple weeks ago what is this full moon on the 29th it is the full moon that is opening the eclipse period ta-da yeah, that's right. The eclipse period is going to be open. We're going to swing, swing and open the door to intensity. Remember I said that? Yeah, we're swinging open the door to intensity. The first eclipse is the 14th of October. The second eclipse is the 28th of October, okay? And it's really something where we start to feel the rumblings of the eclipse in the backgrounds of our life. The issues of the eclipse may or may not surface before the eclipse, but the first, since this is a full moon, remember the lunations take turns. This is a full moon in Aries. That means the sun is in Libra as we know we just mentioned and the moon is in Aries. The sun and the moon will be in Libra on the 14th when there is that solar eclipse. And it's when we have the new moon and we will see in the sky here in Limon, uh, that's on the Caribbean side, that, that's where it's going to be very visible. That, that eclipse is going to be visible here. We're hoping to go away that weekend to see the eclipse. So um, it's very, very important to be aware that this eclipse period is swinging open, okay? So you know, it is a very intense time of year when the eclipse when the eclipses come, and we have to start looking at what the emotional stuff is in our life, and how any of this um, is going to manifest. I have to say, in all my years of doing this, and my teacher used to say this too: you don't exactly know what that eclipse is going to bring. Sometimes you think it's going to be complete all out chaos. And it's not, it's just, you know, you might lose a couple nights sleep. You might be really tired. You might not, you know, sleep well because the energy is so intense. You might actually have a lot of fallings out and arguments and things with people. And we don't want to encourage any of that. Of course, now this first, this, this full moon is in Aries. So the eclipse is not in Aries. The full moon is in Aries. And we will start to feel, that the subjects of the eclipse may start to reveal themselves to us in these next two weeks so i want you to pay attention to that i want you to be aware of that and i want you to see where in your life this can manifest remember the eclipse is in libra it's um, a new moon the first one at 21 degrees of libra and that is someplace in your astrological chart where does it fall that should be a very interesting place for you and that's where the action is going to occur and you know for me for example that's my third house so that will probably be a whole lot of activity around you know the um you know communication so I might be like ringing off the hook here and, you know, there's lots of, you know, emails and things like that going on for me and people messaging me and and stuff. Now, the rule I always tell people during eclipses, and this is specifically from the 14th to the 28th, is to not launch anything new. And if you need time to launch something, you got to do it before the 14th or you're going to do it after the 28th. Yeah, I I know nobody ever wants to hear me say those things, but I have to do this, but I have to do that, but, 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 right, but I'm telling you, every time, even if I have some, like, little plan with someone, oh, yeah, hey, we should get together and try that, let's do that, it doesn't work out, there's reasons for it, it doesn't work, and I just try to not even make new plans during the eclipses, okay, When that bell rings on the 14th, (laughs) um, it really tells me that for the next two weeks, we just have to move through the energy. And, you know, last week I posted something about holding energy and we do need to learn how to hold energy and be not like patiently sitting around and waiting for something. But you set your intention and you hold the energy. You put an offer out there. You hold the energy. And. This is when we just have to move through it, hold on to the energy, and take a step at a time towards, you know, all of everything we need to accomplish during those two weeks. I find more than anything, the energy speeds up and we get wrapped up in a lot of events and a lot of things that are particularly busy. So, you know, maybe it'll turn up the volume on something you're already doing and when you notice that just like move through it it's the eclipse and you try to get as much rest as possible schedule some time for rest don't overbook yourself these are all good precautions to take make sure you know if you can get you know get some exercise that's good and that's a really good way once again I referred to this before with Mars it's a really good way to um move through the energy and use up intense energy that eclipses bring us and when you do that you get past you know a lot of this eclipse energy very easily rarely do I hear people say oh that eclipse was so soothing I slept like a baby no that didn't happen (laughs) it really it isn't something that happens very easily to to you know Sleep very well during eclipses. Usually there's like some restlessness. This eclipse is very close to the south node. Uh, And I'm going to talk about this for now for the next three weeks, right? This eclipse is very close to the south node. The planet that will be close to this eclipse is Mercury. Okay. Um, Chiron kind of close to the north node, but the eclipse is at, at the south node. This is a south node eclipse. That means we are releasing things. We are not, um, like, collecting new things. This is an eclipse to clean out the closets. This is to get rid of the cobwebs, okay? This is not something to um, initiate something brand new, And as I said, right? So the following eclipse after that is lunar, and it occurs at the north node, all right? Because, you know, the moon... the moon will be in Taurus. It won't really be in Aries, but it'll be early Taurus. And, but this is the, this is the more powerful of the eclipses because it's the closest to the node. So if you've not heard me say that before, that's the rule. The more, the more distance from the node, the less powerful the eclipse. And sometimes there's three eclipses and the third one usually is one that's just not powerful at all. Or like the first one isn't and the other two are. So, That's where we're standing. We are moving into eclipse period on Friday, the 29th, Saturday, the 30th. We are swinging open the door. And in the meantime, we have several days before that. And what's going on? Well, there is Mercury, planet of communication, in its favorite sign of Virgo, trining Jupiter in Taurus. Very good. Mercury likes this. And remember that this happened before we're doing it again. Mercury did this before the retrograde, during the retrograde, now after the retrograde, right? And so Mercury's moving along swiftly and it's going to make a very nice relationship to Jupiter tomorrow. So this is a good day for having conversations, they should go very well and be very pleasant, Um, receiving new information, uh, having new ideas, ideas that can open the door and provide opportunities. And that's a great thing because Mercury and Jupiter are trining one another, you know, because Jupiter is the planet of, you know, openness and ideas and like really opportunities and learning. Maybe I'll learn more Spanish tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, learning a foreign language, learning a foreign language, Mercury trying Jupiter. Absolutely. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, but I have to say, I'm really glad Mercury and Jupiter are doing this because it's giving some sparkles to Mercury. <sighs> I want to talk about Mercury for a moment. Yeah, Mercury went direct on the 15th, that Friday. And I have to say, it. remember when I was saying that Mercury really wasn't moving until Tuesday the 19th? Yeah, that really was a big effect. And I have to bring up the fact that I didn't start feeling Mercury getting out of that conundrum, kerfuffle, stuckness until really like Thursday. And it was a complicated week. I thought this week was uncomfortable, this past week, and complicated. Uh, between the sun opposite Neptune and Mercury sorting itself out, I really thought that some of the conversations I was having were difficult, were unbelievably false, huh? <laughs> Huh. And that's Neptune. What's <laughs> the worst part of Neptune? And confusing. So I-, I-, I had so much confusion on Monday, and it wasn't coming from me. I had to go sort it out, but I couldn't get my head around it, and I had to stop my brain from going on about it. And when Mercury is stopped in the sky, it's really hard to get your mind onto new things. And it just keeps circling over the same thing again. And I I just was like, I don't believe this is happening. And so I had to sort something out that was mistaken. And then there was all this false conversation that I kept saying was I'll say it was poppycock and balderdash. Okay. There was this whole story, this whole narrative. And I was talking with my one friend here who is the moral compass. (laughs) And she's like, I agree with you. I'll believe it when I see it. And it was so frustrating that, and you know what? I, I had to really sit down with myself this week and say, what are you so upset about? This is none of your business, but in some respects it was because my friend who's the moral compass said, I have to know that the truth of the story because I have to know how to be and present myself in this situation. And I agreed with her. I had to do the same thing. I have to do the same thing. Not yet. I think that's all going to happen during the eclipses. But here we are preparing for some likely event and we're being fed information that we don't believe about this likely event. And um I know it sounds cryptic, right? But I can't even begin and you're not interested anyway, right? Um, just, like, just like I said earlier, <laughs> it really, it really was a complicated week and not until Mercury really got off that same eight degrees on Tuesday and then even after that. Wednesday, when I saw Christmas, Thursday, when I had some good energies and good meetings. And then Thursday and Friday, I felt so much better, really exhausted, though, exhausted, exhausted. And that's, that was how I ended my week exhausted. And I think it was from fighting all this ridiculous information and, and too many things going on. And then, it just mercury just not moving quickly enough. And mer- mercury is the energy of your brain too. It's the it's how your neurotransmitters are firing, right? And so they didn't feel like they were firing or they were firing in the wrong direction. I did not get into any arguments with anyone, but I did say <clears throat> poppycock and balderdash, <laughs> which isn't really the word I used, about something and someone disagreed with me and kept saying, no, no. And I said, mm-mm. I'll believe it when I see it. So it was an I'll believe it when I see it kind of week due to the sun opposite Neptune and Mercury still hanging around there. So if you had a difficult last week, I am right there in empathy and in spirit with you. Absolutely. It was complicated. And it really, I have not seen that in a very long time. I don't think the last Mercury, you know, less Mercury retrograde was definitely complicated, but it wasn't that, oh my God, it's, and I was calling it on Instagram, the Mercury retrograde hangover, and that's what it was. And sometimes we get eclipse hangovers too. So let's gear up, let's get our energies together and let's understand that, that, you know, we're moving into something at the end of the week. And by the next time I see you, which will be a brand new month, we will be uh, talking about how that energy already feels. And that's what we really need to pay attention to in our life. We have to find the energy as it's moving through us. And sometimes you have something moving through you and you need to sit with yourself and allow it to move. And whether that means you need to journal it cry it out. Just sit with a cup of tea in silence. Just sit in silence without a cup of tea. Um, Maybe you just need to be at peace with this energy moving through you and then it will pass. When you try to fight something that's going on internally, it just gets bigger. So, you accept it's moving through you, you try to listen for what's happening as it's moving through you, and allow it to go through you. It's like anything else. It's like when you have indigestion, you can take a few things, and then just sit with it and let it, you know, move through you, because that's what indigestion really is. So we're assimilating and we're digesting information and emotions when we feel something moving through us, especially emotions. So let the emotions move through you. And that's what the, the transits are like. That's what the moon is like. You know, right now the moon is in Aquarius and it's going to stay in Aquarius until Tuesday. And it's going to go into Pisces at 8:18 8, p.m. after a void moon that's going to last for 12 hours, just about. So, you know, that's the time to let the digestive emotional process happen when i see you next sunday we will be on the cusp of a mars in conjunct uranus aspect which begs for me to say please be careful with your knives in your kitchen please be careful driving it's an accident prone kind of aspect and i you know most of the time we move through it uh, without any sort of incident but between saturday night and sunday morning there's this mars in conjunct Uranus, and it's a bit of a needling aspect, watch your temper. Okay. And we are at the end of another podcast. I thank you once again for listening. If you are interested in having a session with me, you can join me. Go to my website, thegoldenastrologer.com and click book online and go to astrology session. If you are interested in just hearing about astrology during the week, you can go to my Instagram, And that's the Golden Astrologer also, and you can listen to what I have to say during the week. And if you would like a fifth dimension Lemurian Reiki session, you can also go to my book online on my website. It's very lovely. Any of my classes are available, including my most recent Harmonizing Prosperity 5 class Immersion and that's still available all the, they will always be available and you can go watch them and you can you know purchase them on my website thegoldenastrologer.com and they're also under the book online so that you can just go purchase there and i can send you the link and if you are interested in working with me on a longer term basis in expansion mentoring then i invite you please to also contact me you can go to the website and do it there as the others or you can write to me, deb at debmcbride.com or info with the Thank you so much for listening. I will see you on the other side of the full moon. Enjoy it and have a beautiful week. Gratitude to all.